Before the show begins, we at Period Network wanted you all to know about an awesome company. As a heads up, this isn't an ad. It's part of our Spotlight series, where we shed light on companies who are doing amazing work that we just really want to support. We just really wanted you to know about an incredible company called Melanin NYA. Melanin NYA is your source for all things black in traditional young adult publishing. A database comprised of black YA authors, literary agents, influencers, and other industry professionals. It's the perfect resource for readers, writers, teachers, librarians, event organizers, and more. Melanin and YA provides bi-monthly news roundups of book deals, cover reveals, and more in the Black YA space. Created by writer Melody Simpson, Melanin and YA is dedicated to amplifying Black voices, making this a no-excuses resource for all things Black in the young adult literary space. Find out more by visiting melaninya.com and support them on Patreon. What up, y'all? Hello. How's it going, y'all? Yes. It is uh, Corey. It's Judith. And special guest. We got Kara Jones in the house. Come on. So it's actually pronounced Kira. Kira. Oh, my God. Kira. You got a 50-50 shot. (laughs) Oh, my God. See? This is the thing. I'm so super cognizant of pronouncing mm-hmm. name right because my full name is Cora Data and everybody butchers it. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, All it just, the time. <laughs> I like don't take offense to because there are people who have my name spelling that say it Kyra. So I mm. get it. But no, it's got Kira. it. Okay. Kira. <laughs> All right. So we have Kira Jones Amen. joining us today. She is a Chicago-based Black feminist screenwriter, filmmaker, actor, whose work focuses on Black women's experience with intimate relationships, sex, and liberation. So basically, we have an amazing show for y'all today. We're going to be interviewing her in the main segment, so I'm not going to give too much tea. That's right. Because right? you got to wait, okay? You got to wait. You can't have everything off the top. Come on, anymore wow. like that. Anyways, so Judith's going to start with our Would You Rather, as Yay. usual. Mm-hmm. Take it away. It's a really good one today. Yes, I'm excited for the Would You Rather. So I heard we have, you know, someone who cares about uh, feminism and Blacktivism and Black womanism. okay? All of those words don't exist, but she is out here doing the work. Now, Black, this Would You Rather, which Black woman activist would you like to sit down and have lunch with, okay? So first one I have on the list is Angela Davis. If you don't know who she is, she's an American political activist, philosopher, academic, and author. If you need more information, Google her. She's a bad bitch. Um, We have Harriet Tubman after that. Now, I know the public school education ain't shit in America, but we all know who Harriet Tubman is. If you don't know. Google. She, she's fucking amazing. And then we have the wonderful Audre Lorde, another, well, she's a writer, feminist, womanist, uh, librarian. I didn't know she was a librarian until I looked this up and civil rights activist. Um, she was a self-described black lesbian mother, warrior poet. And if you don't know who she is, uh, you're going to learn today. Go Google her. She's fucking amazing. So ladies out of these three activists, 
Would you rather sit down and have lunch with Angela Davis, Harriet Tubman, or Audre Lorde? Who wants to go first? We can let our guests go first. <laughs> okay. What are you thinking? Um, okay, so I have had the privilege of having a meal with Angela Davis. Come on. Come on. Iconic. Um, I, when I was at college, when I was mm. at Northwestern, I was a gender studies double major, and she came and did a wonderful lecture. She was a keynote speaker, and they chose some students from, like, certain departments who, like, whose work intersected with Angela's work, and I got selected from, like, the gender studies department. Come on! So she was absolutely lovely, so fun. We actually ended up talking about theater because uh, mm -hmm. I was a theater double major, and her niece is a playwright whose work I was actually studying at the time. Because like wow. I didn't even like put it together, but I was like, I'm a theater major. She's like, Oh yeah, my niece writes some plays, and I was like, Wait, your niece is Issa Davis? <laughs> and she was like, Yes. <laughs> um, so like Pulitzer prize i think when i mean mm. i began the wow. best job, but like award <laughs> excellent um so that was lovely i will let y'all know before you make your decisions that angela davis is a vegan okay so you know lunch might be different thank you thank you <laughs> but it was a great she's she's so fun um i think i so since i've already had a meal with uh, dr davis mm -hmm. i think i'll go with harriet tubman mostly mm. because like I'm like really into the idea of being able to like hear from someone yeah. who like has had their story told by so many other people. Mm -hmm. Like the Harriet Tubman that like really existed was not the Harriet Tubman we learned about in our like super whitewashed anti-black elementary right. school history books. So like, I want to hear from her about. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, Harriet Tubman. Thanks. Facts, yeah. I would have to agree. Definitely Harriet Tubman. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just what a story. And Absolutely. it's like, like you said, we don't actually know exactly like who she was and what really, really happened. So mm -hmm. I would, I definitely need to hear what was going on. I mean, I know what's going on. I got an idea, <laughs> but I need to really hear. Okay. That would be, yeah, I would yeah. literally, that would make my entire life if I had that chance. Oh yeah. Oh it's Harriet Tubman. God, both great answers. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I would, I would, I would love to get the opportunity, both, all three of them, honestly, but duh. But um, Angela Davis, probably just because, like, you know, you had the opportunity to sit down with her and, you know, go manifest. We all going to sit down and talk to the doctor, Dr. Angela Davis. Um, just because, like, she has become, like, iconic in a way that I think is so recent to us, but also still so far away, right? And like, she's still with us, right? And so I would love to sit down and talk to her about particularly the evolution of like the civil, not only the civil rights movement, but she was a part of the Black Panthers. She was targeted. Like she knows what it feels like to go through that sort of like systematic oppression where the hourglass is, is, is honed and focused on you and she still is like steadfast and she still is here like still teaching and like thriving even as we kind of see like <laughs> the the continued like destruction of white supremacy like in our face blown in our face so i would love i would love to um sit down uh with her i might just shoot my shot just like send an email like please <laughs> talk to she me. might respond 
Oh, wow. Oh, that would nice. be amazing. Put me on there too then when you okay. do it, girl. <laughs> get her on the pro- program. Get her on the program. <laughs> on the program. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is, that is so amazing. But uh, yeah, thank you for that. That was super fun. Yeah, that was great. Thank you, Judith, for your creative would you rathers. I mean, this girl comes up with the most amazing would you rathers when I'm just Googling would you rather questions. And while she's coming up with all these iconic ass, creative ass, I'm just like, girl, I can't. Um, and I also stand. So yeah, moving into our no better, do better segment where we give a tip or a trick lesson learned about either writing the industry whatsoever we're gonna lobby that over to our guest kira what do you have for the peeps Ooh, okay um all right so i guess i will say that oh i know i put a lot of pressure on myself before i got represented and staffed that to like write a ton of samples i we're always Mm -hmm. told like if somebody likes your work, they're going to ask you, what else do you have? And if you don't have an answer to that, yeah. then they're not going to be interested in working with you. That's a lie. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have, it's quad, quality over quantity, like, okay, a hundred times. Because I only had one television pilot sample and one feature. And I got staffed. I got mm. 19 offers from agents and managers. Mm. And that was off the one television sample like they would come to me being like i'm trying to sign you i read your television sample like let's go and i'd be like i also have this feature they're like that's cool too like <laughs> <laughs> okay sure no. they were like we were gonna sign you with just the one script like we uh-huh. even, so like and then i see all these writers who have like dozens and dozens and dozens of scripts and like mm-hmm. are not getting any traction and have gotten meetings with folks and it's kind of i've noticed that the what else do you have is sometimes code for, yeah, I don't, I didn't really like the first thing you sent me, but like, I'm rooting for you. Like, I want to see if you have something else that's Mm -hmm. maybe in in my bag. And that, but like, sometimes I'm excited. I want to see more, but it's never going to be a deal breaker if your first thing that you sent them was solid. Mm. Got it. Yeah, that is super great great advice because yeah yeah, you hear that all the time you need to have five six scripts and you need to write 10 scripts a year and all this stuff and that is very true i mean if your shit is popping your shit is popping and it don't Mm got to be 1500 popping scripts if you got that one so great advice if you have some ideas, even if you haven't mm-hmm. gotten to write them yet, like have yeah. at least one or two, at yeah. least one or two scripts that you've written. But like when they ask what else do you have, it can also be like, well, I have this idea that I was about mm. to start writing. And like sometimes depending on the situation, they might be like, you know what? You don't even need to write that. You can pitch that and somebody can pay you to write it. Um, so have something, at least a soft pitch in your back pocket if they do have that question for you but like you do not have to have a stack of five million scripts yeah. in 100 different genres amen yeah. i like that amen. also a little focus on quality as well as, as opposed mm-hmm. to quantity so mm-hmm. don't have one bad one and think you gonna <laughs> you gonna be out here like i'm in the, i'm in the room like no 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 good distinction good distinction <laughs> yeah 
So yes, no, we just wanted, you know, clarification. Cause I wouldn't see, if I were listening to this, I would have just took that and ran. I'd have been like, what's the one didn't proofread? Sending that one off. Like, nope, that's not no, no, no. what no, no, was no. said at all. I <laughs> worked very hard on both Amen. of the scripts that I have. Have yeah. lots of people read it for me before I took it out anywhere. That's another thing. Like mm-hmm. you gotta let other people read your scripts and not just mm-hmm. anyone, not like your mama or like people who have some kind of writing experience, yeah. somebody that you trust, somebody who gets your voice. Like you might send your script, like if you're a comedy writer and mm-hmm. you send your script to someone who writes horror, yeah. which doesn't mean they might, they might still like it, but yeah. like they might, they might, it might not be their thing and they might not be able mm-hmm. to give you the type of notes you need. So like be don't be precious with your script because i know a lot of writers are real scared that you got to sign an nda before i even let you see the title and i'm like well then how am i supposed to like refer you to anyone and get you jobs if i can't Mm -hmm. speak to anyone about your script but uh and it's also when anyone who sends an nda before the script the script is always garbage like not one time (laughs) hasn't been good but like you do need to send your script out but also like you don't have to take everyone's notes and like be mm. be mindful of who you're sending it to and like what uh what perspective they're coming from when they're reading it and giving you feedback. That's awesome. Yes, another word. Come yeah. on, quality. You got two. Yeah, got two. But I'm be Come quiet on. now. Okay. <laughs> and discernment. Okay, never say we never gave y'all anything. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Well, with that, um, we're going to go straight into the news segment. Um, just a refresher for you guys, if you are new to the show or if you um, are joining us like you do regularly, we always get our sources from Shadow and Act. Again, Shadow, Shadow and Act is a publication that focuses on Black and Brown creatives in the industry. Like we always say, make sure you read your Hollywood reporters, the deadline, the variety, all of the, all of the trades so that you stay on top of things. But you know, we like to keep it Black. Okay, so that's why we uh, use Shadow and Act. So shout out to them for the resources. And we make sure that we uh, uh, quote, uh, well, no, we give credit to the writer as well, because no duh. All right, so in our first news article, Storm Reed says season two of Euphoria is high stakes and very emotional. This was written by Jordan uh, Simon, but we were talking about this the other day. The first season was high stakes and very right. emotional what as well. So like, my <laughs> God. Like, I don't think I can take no more. Like, I, just, I can. Real talk. I just only saw a couple of the first episode. I was like, this is fantastic. I cannot finish this. My heart will be stopped off. I cannot emotionally make it through this. The kids are not okay. It was the heart palpitations is not uh uh-uh, like I can't it, yeah it's just high stakes the whole time there's like there's like moments of levity but like they are very brief um yeah but it's it's beautifully shot like the cinematography yeah. is like un- unmatched but oh my god is there more <laughs> trauma what other type of trauma I can't think of a single other flavor of trauma like a shooting maybe <laughs> yeah I mean they haven't done yet uh, I don't know. But in a recent interview with Variety, uh, Storm Reed uh, basically got candid with her role as Tyla, uh, the daughter okay. of Idris Elba's character um, in Bloodsport, Dubois, in the Suicide Squad. She, she was in that, too. And so she talked about um, that a little bit. And then later on, she got into her character um, in Euphoria. Um, and this is the quote that she said. All of my characters have had their moments of breaking free and expressing themselves unabashed 
passionately, Reed says. I got, I did get to experience a lot of that euphoria, duh, where everything is basically high stakes and very emotional, especially yeah. in season two. I mean, it's, it wasn't unfamiliar. So she's familiar with that stuff. Um, she goes, you. yeah, amen. <laughs> um, her character Gia in Euphoria, um, she goes on to say, I think when we were filming the first season, Gia was what, 15? Even though I'm 18 now, I don't think Gia is quite there, she continued, but I think she will be evolving as a character and as a human and hopefully get her own episode. And we start to see a little bit more of her storyline. Okay, so we get a little bit, little bit of a snippet of that. Um, this article did not give us all the tea on how much more it's going to get crazy. Um, but child if i know anything um storm reed has already showed us she has the range to go to those places and give us what needs to be given um and she's only 18 like what i've read in that article which i was like oh my god little baby <laughs> apparently you're an adult now that that's what the loss is but um <laughs> literally not what your brain said your brain is still no. not fully <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. not my brain has not caught up <laughs> truly mid-30s still in my 20s like what am i doing here so yeah <laughs> insane so shout out to storm reed i'm sure all of the the girls if y'all are euphoria heads i don't know what the you know the fan club is called the you know the <laughs> four years i don't know the four years i don't know but listen it's coming back they didn't give a, a date yet but it's gonna be high stakes and very emotional so um strapping <laughs> to your seat belt you start. know preparing your chakras now talk Truly. to your therapist yeah. cleanse get the sage yeah. do whatever you got to do honey yeah Can't okay so <laughs> <laughs> next we have um headline this is written from uh, nico rose and tia maori says she won't return to the game revival and confirms that sister sister reboot will not be happening um right. yes again we were we were talking about uh this the other day and we were not no shade, no shade. Yeah, no shade. But I just wonder who was asking for that reboot. I just truly, yeah. I did not. But <laughs> maybe there is, you know, a sister, sister gang, gang out there who are like, hey, give it to me or, or forever. But I feel like a lot of the reboots is really just Hollywood trying to capitalize on nostalgia. But yeah, I was gonna say I don't need anything to be rebooted. Like unless it was like yeah. done badly the first time, and you're like, mm -hmm. I think I yeah. can do it better. But a redemption about, reboot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, like, if it was good yeah. when it was first on. Like I don't need you to fuck it up. Like I wasn't yeah. a gossip. I never watched Gossip Girl, but apparently this new reboot is like caca. According to people oh. I've heard, I, don't, I haven't <laughs> seen it. I have not seen it. But people are like, girl, it's real bad. And, I, and it does not do the original justice. So like, I would be so uh, upset if I was the original creator of a show and somebody rebooted it. And made it not on the HBO Max. Yeah. No. <laughs> they tried to make it more diverse. And that's good. Because the first one, I watched a little bit of it. And it's all rich white folks with a sliver of, you know, you a sliver of us, as usual. They tried to make some more, more diverse, but I guess they hit the mark, child. That sucks. I don't know. That's what other people have said. I, I cannot. I heard that, too. So, I'm like, I'm hearing it, too. I cannot confirm and deny, but. Uh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. OK, well, in a like she. OK, so Tia Maori, uh, oh, excuse me, Tia Maori Hendrick. Let me get her full name. Got to represent for the lineage. Um, she was asked a ton of questions by her fans. She was doing um, a TikTok like questionnaire. Um, so she was interacting with folks and um, hopping on a viral trend. Maori friends, in short, you know, um, no. So basically she was letting them know, like, no, there's not going to be a. Um, 
a reboot or she will not be well there won't be a reboot of uh sister sister so um she she said she will also not participate in the revival of the game which is coming to paramount plus and a reprisal of her role as melanie med school davis so i know there's a lot of fans out there for the game in fact i think the first time it was around when it first got canceled fans were the ones that brought it I think back. I think it was back on BT. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So shout out to the fan base. Um, this mm-hmm. is an this is a change of track and prior uh, sentiment that both sisters had been trying to get the reboot of the show off the ground for some time. Um, this is a quote. Um, so many people were asking the question about the sister sister revival um, before the the game reboot was officially even set. Um, so. You know, we tried to do it, but some rights and stuff kind of got in the way. It makes me sad. And also we even tried to reboot the game and now that's not um, happening. Reboots are just not in my DNA, I guess. So uh, to my understanding, the reboot of the game is happening. She's just not going to um, be yes. in that for that role. It is happening. I know somebody who staffed on it. Okay. Mm. Cool, cool, cool. But I mean, she is still working. I mean, actress, she's currently stars in the Netflix family reunion, where she connects with the Seattle family uh, with her uh, Georgia roots. Um, And she has a lifestyle series, Tia Maori's Quick Fix, that just received a licensing deal through Clio TV. So She's out I watch here. Her, I watch her little her little uh web show. It's so I'm cute. Yeah, I'm like the recipes actually look kind of good. I'm like, Maybe I can go ahead. Maybe I'm I can go ahead. <laughs> okay. Love it in the kitchen. But yeah, just so I, I think what this is a cry to, for y'all to stop asking her about the um, sister sister reboot is what I'm hearing. <laughs> She's like, it's not gonna happen. Stop this. So it's okay. And for Paramount Plus. For y'all who love the game, watch is coming, and uh, we'll see what they do with that. I wasn't a big uh, game fan. I know you were, Corey. That was like, oh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Good. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I watch. Wasn't well, the revival based more on Tosh Mac and um, I'm not Malik sure. story? I think that's what I heard. But I okay. mean, I'll give it a whirl. Okay. Give okay. It a whirl. Okay. No yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Paramount Plus, all the streaming services are getting my money. Don't be like me. Share with your friends. Save your money. So now, uh, next, um, I'm actually looking forward to this, even though I'm like a little skeptical, but I'm still going to watch because I love Justin Simeon. So uh, Dear White People season four trailer, uh, Netflix series, Last Hurrah, is infused with 90s music. Um, This article was written by Trey Mangum. So if you guys haven't seen it already, when it first came out, because, you know, I follow Justin Simeon and the actual uh, Dear White People uh, page on Instagram, but they have uh, the new trailer coming out. And uh, the official description reads, set against the back backdrop of senior year at Winchester, a well, oh, excuse me, let me make this bigger, sorry, Uh, set against the backdrop of a senior year at Winchester, as well as the not-so-distant post-pandemic future, my God, Dear White People, Volume 4, finds the characters looking back at the most formative and theatrical year of their lives. So both an Afro, futuristic, and 90s-inspired musical event, Dear White People, Volume 4, is a can't-miss farewell experience with one pitch-perfect promise. Sometimes the only way to move forward is to throw it back. Hey, throw it back. So I... (laughs) I love that song. So... With this description, and the trailer seems a little bit more fun because the the description kind of feels like, whoa, what is this going to be about? Um, 
but I do like it. Um, Dear White People stars Logan Browning, Brandon P. Bell, Antoinette Robertson. I mean, she's fantastic. I love her. Uh, Deron Horton, John Patrick Armandori, and Ashley Blaine Featherson. Love her. Oh, yeah. And uh, Mark uh, Richardson. So, um, yeah, as stated before, it's created by Justin Simeon um, and executive produced by Jacqueline Moore um, and serves as the co-showrunner of the season. Um, so, yeah, how y'all feel about this? Or y'all gonna be into it? I know a lot of people, when I saw comments, they were like, musicals, no! Why? Take it away yeah. from me. Like, is me. Oh too. God. Me too. I'm I don't musicals. Um, yeah. No, you go. Give it a chance. Like yeah. when I first saw that it was going to be a musical season without the trailer, I was like, hell no, no. <laughs> but then I saw the trailer and I was like, this looks like it could be fun. Mm-hmm. But trailers are deceiving. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm going to give it a try. I'm not going to judge it too harshly. And I think mm-hmm. I, I'm into it because it's not original cheesy music it's like mm-hmm. music, which make make it more tolerable for me right Fair yeah totes agree i'm not a musical gal as soon as i heard music i said oh no you <laughs> gotta finish the word no ma'am no ma'am and no sir but um yeah it's the 90s that may make it better it yeah. just it just came out of nowhere because dear white people did not seem like a show that would go that way but mm. sometimes shows do that so yeah I'll give it a, a first episode and see. See, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I, I can give it a whirl. That's all I can do. <laughs> give it a whirl. No, I feel you. I like I like musicals. I love them more. I think Disney kind of like warped my brain. I love them more in like cartoons <laughs> and stuff like that. Um and I, I love a musical that makes the the song the the feature as opposed to the whole story has to be told in a in a song. I can't do that. Like we're brushing our teeth, we're waking up, or I'm like, okay, cut cut all that out. Just do the thing and then get to the song. My God. So yeah, we'll see. I'm down for it. Um, but I'm very biased. Like Justin Simeon could put out anything, and I'll be like, well, I'm watching it. I'm here. There it is. So yes, I stand. All right. Last news article. Um, sixty. First Street, an exclusive look at AMC drama with Courtney B. Vance, a.k.a. Angela Bassett's husband, and Ingenue Elise and Tosin Cole. Um, and this article is written by Trey Magnum. Again, Mag, excuse me, Trey Mangum. Forgive me, sir. So um, this there's been an update to the article, but basically um, this is a new project that AMC is putting out. It's a drama series called 61st Street. Um, the series executive produced by Michael B. Jordan through his Outlier Society banner. And it was ordered as a two season television event, honey. So uh, each episode, so it's going to be eight episodes per season. Peter Moffat is the showrunner and also executive produces it. So um, it is described as so a propulsive courtroom drama following Moses Johnson, a promising black high school athlete who is swept up into the infamous corrupt Chicago criminal justice system. Come on. Um, Taken by the police as a supposed gang member, he finds himself in the eye of the storm as police and prosecutors seek revenge for the death of an officer during a drug bust gone wrong. Well, this is definitely going to be a drama. Um, I will have a link to this for sure. I believe the trailer. Yeah, they released the trailer. So the trailer is up. Of course, Courtney B. Vance and Andrew yeah. Ellis look mm-hmm. like money <laughs> and royalty um, in everything that I see here. And if they, if they, I mean, their talents touched my soul 
um, in everything that they do, but particularly in Lovecraft Country. I mean, I was my soul left my body and came back many a time during that whole thing. Um, they were fucking amazing. Now, whoo, this thing gonna hit me hard. So I might just have to be in one episode and then duck out because <laughs> I, I be so emotional with these. That's why I don't watch horror too much because it's just be getting in my soul and my dreams be looking crazy and everything. But um, what do y'all think of this? Are y'all, I mean, you're in Chicago. So how yeah, do you like- they shot it in Chicago too, so there's a lot. A lot of my friends are in it. A lot of great Chicago wow. talent, so I'm wow. excited to support. Um, actually, right now Chicago has more television shows filming here than they ever have before, which mm-hmm. is very, very exciting. Wow. Um, yeah, lots of really cool stuff. Paper Girls is filming here. Nice. Um, the obviously the Shy has been here mm-hmm. since the beginning. Southside came back. Like mm-hmm. I think there's like six, 16 or 17 shows. Um, so I don't know too much about it. Like even though I've auditioned mm-hmm. for it before and like, I still like they kind of keep the, the like very, like they, they keep the premise very vague. So I don't yes. really even know yes. what it's about. So I'm excited. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. All you guys say is yeah, okay. Vance, And I'm like, Oh, Facts. okay. Facts. I'm, I'm hooked. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm watching. So yeah. And also miss miss Anginus. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, it's going to be heavy. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how much more heavy things I can take, but Ooh, I'm going to give it, gonna give it a whirl. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> that's all I can do. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to watch it. I love it. I love how you said when uh, Courtney B. Vance's they just pop up. Like I, I could just see like, a gaggle of black just come out. Like, what's up? We gonna watch it. I love that. Yep. <laughs> Yo, I love him. He's so dope. So good. Amazing. He's so good. And he chose okay. Angela Bassett for a wife because so I know his discernment is quite on. He's spot on. Yeah, she so, chose yeah. him. Okay. Facts. Let me get it right. Let me get it right. Man. Let me get yes. it right. He and that's big facts. <laughs> yeah, he is the lucky one here. Okay. Fast. I love them though. <laughs> okay. So yes. thank you for the news mm-hmm. this week. Um, such great things coming down the pipeline. Y'all make sure y'all check all of that out if it interests you, but also just check it out because it's black folks behind it. We got to support yes. anyways. All right. So to our main segment, we have our interview with Ms. Kira Jones. Let's go. I already told you a little bit about her. But she finna get into it, and we finna get into it, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, get some gems dropped on us today. All right, so I could read your bio, but I we want to give a recap of your career in your own words, whatever you want to say about your journey um, and how you got to this moment right here and now. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> hi, I'm Kira. I write stuff. Uh, I be acting sometimes. Um, I also have a background in uh, sexual health and sexual mm. violence prevention, education, and advocacy. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that literally uh, a couple months ago. Then my life kind of did a fresh clearance and flipped, turned upside down, and I got staffed on a TV show and had to leave my job with <laughs> very little notice. Um, oh. But yeah, so yeah. I uh, am currently staffed on the upcoming. ABC series Queens, which hey. is starring Miss Eve and Brandy and Tori Naughton and uh, Nikki oh. Velasquez. Um, and it's a uh, super fun 90s nostalgia, like about a hip hop girl group that breaks up and gets reunited when they're in their 40s and their moms and wives and stuff. 
And, oh. and I also uh, was staff, uh, I guess I am staff, but we, we wrapped this last season on the Hulu series Woke. So hey. Hey. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar, that is about a, a black cartoonist who um, is assaulted by a police officer. And then that kind of hit the trauma manifests in like everyday objects kind of coming to life and speaking to him and him mm-hmm. previously he was pretty apolitical and now he becomes woke so mm-hmm. uh yeah so mostly comedy dramedy television writer i also have a feature that i wrote and it's set to direct that will be shooting next year and i uh, i'm also known for a web series that i co-created and started called the right swipe which is a fun rom com type web series that we described as a mix between hitch and insecure it's about two friends Mm. who start a business where they fix men's dating profiles but then end up screwing up their own love lives in the process so that's a little bit about me All right. Okay. So, um, kind of give us like a little blur about kind of what made you want to go into like storytelling? That's a great question. So well, I started as an actor, mm-hmm. but even before that, I don't, like, I honestly started acting because my mom made me, she was like, you can't <laughs> just sit in the house after school and not do nothing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you have to do an extracurricular activity and a friend yeah. dragged me to the school play auditions and I ended up getting the lead. And so I was like, I guess I'm good at this or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, so Amazing. I just like kept doing it because it was fun. But then mm-hmm. I eventually had like teachers and mentors be like, you know, you should like really seriously consider doing this as a career. You should consider studying this in college. So I w- ended up doing that because I couldn't think of anything else I w- wanted to do. Yeah. So uh, I went to Northwestern University, studied theater, and double majored in gender studies as well. And mm-hmm. I really, uh, so Northwestern, if you don't know, is very, very white. It is just um, <laughs> Like, so my class of, my graduating class of 100 people had four Black people in it. Okay. So wow. mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. more Black people in my house. Oh, Not in the house. So that was Oof. really shocking for me yeah. uh, coming from a high school that was 50% Black. And mm-hmm. I... I felt it the whole time I was in the theater department. The, yeah. uh, the the roles that were open to me were very limited. If they did exist, they were usually very stereotypical. Mm. And I just was like, I do not like the way that stories are being told for and about Black women. And mm. I feel like as an actor, I don't have that much agency in the storytelling. You kind of get plopped mm-hmm. in at the tail end yeah. of when the story is being created and there's only so much you can do. Like yeah. you really have to go with what the creator and the director want you to do at the end of the day, even if you can try to like make character choices that make it seem more authentic. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I want to get on the ground floor of these stories. So let me let me write. And uh, I started doing that and then realized my senior year that I probably should have majored in film, but it was too mm-hmm. late. So yeah. I, yeah. I took as many film classes as I could before I graduated. It was only a handful, like maybe like three or four. And mm-hmm. then um, graduated and kind of felt like I was behind my peers. Like Northwestern, it's a pretty strong like film program. And I saw like 
everybody that was able to figure out what they want to do at an yeah. like, <laughs> appropriate time. Like they all got like internships and stuff and they were ahead of the game. And I was like, I, I don't know how to catch up. So I'll just keep yeah. acting. And uh, I, it wasn't until I started to audition for more like independent web series and films and stuff and what, that I got the inspiration to start writing again. Cause I got to see people who were my peers making stuff mm-hmm. happen on their own without the help of a big studio or a big network. And there's a big um, Chicago indie web series scene, particularly among yeah. like people of color, queer yeah. folks. Um, it's really like oh. the, the underdog, underrepresented minorities that are like making the coolest content here. So mm-hmm. I was like, I, if they could do what I can do it. So that's part ah. of what pushed Thanks. me to do the right swipe. And then when I walked on set for like a production, like I was like, for my production, I saw everybody like there, like all the cast mm-hmm. were there to like make something that I made come to life. I was like, all right, this is a wrap. This is what yeah. I'm gonna be doing. So yes. it really just was like, I wanna tell stories that like represent me and, and the people in my community, in my uh, friend group, in my family mm-hmm. that I don't get to see. So yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I, and yes. the very fact that, you know, you didn't take a whole bunch of film classes, but like the end result, I mean, get into it. The web series is award winning. Like it's been, rec- it's been recognized. I mean, I, I, I mean, well done. So the results are clearly showing. And if you guys get the chance, go check it out. It's on OTV, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. OTV. So check it out. I'll have the link in there. Let them know. Yes, we'll have the link in there. How did you get uh, the distribution over to OTV? And tell us a little bit about that. Because I think a lot of people who do their web series, the main distribution is usually uh, YouTube. And, the, you know, everyone's trying to, like, get the sort of monetization under their belt mm-hmm. if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious, how did you get it onto there? And congrats on all the um, accolades. It looks really good. Go for oh, it. Thank you. Uh, OTV mm-hmm. is... Amazing. So I guess I'll give you a little bit of background on OTV mm-hmm. first, and then I'll talk about how I got connected with okay. OTV is a um, not just a distribution platform, but also like this incredible artist resource and community based in Chicago for uh, artists of intersecting marginalized identities. So uh, it was created by uh, Dr. Amar Jean Christian, who is a uh, Black queer professor at Northwestern University and OTV started as a research project that he was doing like about representation in media and it just just it so he wanted to create and did create a platform for uh artists of intersectional identities to place their short form content and, and distribute it and it just like took off like obviously there was a huge need for it and and a big market people were looking for that kind of thing and their their biggest uh or most well-known web series that really launched them into the like more like uh national or even international like spotlight slash also like got the attention of hollywood was brown Mm -hmm. girls Mm -hmm. which got nominated for an emmy and got picked up by hbo Mm -hmm. um so so because it grew, it, they, it, it became a nonprofit. And now I think they do have a for-profit arm uh, and they do like a fellowship that uh, for Chicago creatives, they have um, wow. free like classes that people can take. They, they've been doing um, 
forget what it's I keep calling it night school, but that's definitely not what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah. Let me not do Evening classes. Okay. <laughs> It's, um, they're, they're doing it right now and I want to plug it for, yeah. for the, for them and people, cause mm-hmm. anyone can join. It's the, uh, okay. uh and it's not just for folks in Chicago. No, it's for study can... hall, OTV study hall. Hey, study okay. hall. So if you go to nice. you sign up for study hall. They have like, Bet. um, webinars that people can sign up for on different topics. So they just had one mm-hmm. on like creating pitch decks and, and, uh, series Bibles and they have them on, uh, getting representation and, and that that's kind of dope. thing. So, so that's OTV for you and you can subscribe to that. The subscription fee is very affordable. It's like $3 a month and well, come on. access come to on all now. this incredible content. You'll be supporting creators of uh, intersectional identities. And I think they also like, if you genuinely can't afford it, they do uh, gift subscriptions to people who oh, uh, are right. lower on well. the socioeconomic status. But so I got connected to OTV because I was it, it, I acted in a web series and one of their oh, successful nice. web more successful web series called Seeds, uh, which was mm-hmm. created mm-hmm. by Deja Harrell, who is now a staff writer on Family Reunion, starring Miss Nice. <laughs> oh. Um. So I saw I was on uh, that production as an actor and like mm-hmm. got really close with uh, the creators and the director and was just like oh these are like young black women who are even younger than me like i think they the director was still in college and deja had just graduated and they're like doing this yeah uh, straight out the gate like i was really inspired and i was like you know i think i want to i want to do this too and there was another web series that i was in called capa force that was created by addison hyman and mm-hmm. like that was my second dose of getting to see it uh, indie production and i was like you know what like let me make this happen i made I, I networked and made friends on both of these sets like these are folks that mm-hmm. i can bring in to to my project and i did a lot of people yeah. um from those two series either connected me with folks who helped me with the right swipe or were folks who were on the right swipe and so mm-hmm. uh definitely recommend people even if you're not an actor or whatever you can pa or do something on a set it'll be valuable like super so invaluable as experience but also when you want to produce your own work like you have the names of folks mm-hmm. who can help you make it happen yes yes, yes yes that is yeah. super great advice too we hear that all the time from people come on the show they start out as pas or acting or just right. doing other things on set and then it segued into making your own shit. so That's right. great advice yeah. and that is super cool check out we're gonna have are we gonna have we, we'll put the link to um we'll put the links. otg oh, sure. in the description as well so y'all can check that out and check out right swipe Mm-hmm. All right. So, I mean, you've been staffed on shows that are on mm. huge networks. You've made your own, you know, projects and things like that. What would you say kind of is kind of beneficial from being able to have both of those experiences? Uh, they're, they're both so different in some ways, but in other mm-hmm. ways, it's like, this is the same thing. But uh, I think like one thing that I am really glad about now that I'm staffed on, you know, big network shows is having had some onset experience because Mm, a lot of writers, when they finally get staffed, if they've never produced their own work, like being on set is like, they're so, so green. And Mm. I like, while I, I haven't gotten an opportunity to be on set of either woke or, Queens yet. I'll probably get to go for Queens later in the year because of COVID and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, 
I know that like me producing my episode as a, a writer is going to look a little different than mm-hmm. me, me producing the right yeah, sweat, yeah, but yeah. it's like, I, I know what a script supervisor is. I, I know yeah. what, what a producer is. I, I know the lingo people are saying on set. I don't have to like play catch up with that, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. And also will help when you, if, if you eventually want to become a showrunner right. to, to have that background, especially like yeah. when you are independently producing stuff, you got to be scrappy. You got to be aware of the budget. And that's the thing, those things, those skills will come back when you are uh, a showrunner. Um, but um yeah, I it's I, I have had to adjust to executing someone else's vision because yeah. I'm sta- uh, being staffed on a television show, it's not your show. It is the showrunner's show, and you are yeah. there to guide their vision into a direction that they want it to go. They are the yeah. final say, yeah. and um, you just kind of figure out where you fit in best into that mm-hmm. vision and help figure out like pl- plug holes when you see them and pitch ideas when you when when you got the opportunity to but you shouldn't be like trying to steer it into to the direction that you mm. think is best it's about yeah what they want so i like and and the pitching of ideas was something that i had to learn how mm. how to do like pitching mm. off the top of my brain and um like when I'm writing by myself, if I have an idea, I can just write it and see what right. works. And if it doesn't, I can erase it. But it's like, <laughs> it's much, it's way more steps in that process in a, in a writer's room. So uh, a lot of it is like, honestly, sometimes like social skills and thinking on your feet more than it is actual mm. like writing ability. So I think that's where some writers get a little tripped up because they like wrote really well on their own, but then maybe when they got interviewed yeah. and staffed, they couldn't relay the skills that they had that would make them useful in the room and mm-hmm. so um that's another tip is that like mm. you're gonna have to be very collaborative you're gonna yeah. have to um be like manning so not even manning the ship but like be like rowing one of the little rows <laughs> come on, on the ship come on and be cool with that <laughs> oh um, we oh, a lot of notes is gonna be hella cooks in the kitchen so like yes. if you if you can't if you don't think that's for you, then you you may want to like stay down the independent uh, route, which is also a great career choice of its own. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't just don't come with all the money. So. Yep. Yeah. That, that is that's perfect because yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who they oh I want to be writers room when they start writing, but they don't even they don't even know all the things that come with it. You know, mm-hmm. so that's really good to kind of have that distinction and that you have both of those experiences and you can speak to both of them. And, you know, that was really great. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect answer. <laughs> perfect. Yes. I'm wondering, I guess you gave those tips, but I'm wondering if you had any like any misconceptions going in? Like maybe you thought mm-hmm. it was going to be a way. And then when you got there, you're like, oh, nope, that's not it. Or maybe you thought it was going to be a way yeah. and it's like oh, it's this way, pleasantly, like, surprised and grateful or maybe pleasantly put off. I don't know. Like, you know, has there been any misconceptions when you got in that were like, oh, okay, this experience is like this. Maybe I need to adjust. I think um, I put a lot of pressure on myself that Mm -hmm. I didn't need to for my first show or at least the first Mm -hmm. few weeks of of Woke because Mm -hmm. I got 
I don't, I don't know if I went into all the details of how I got staffed, but it was in a very ridiculous way. And I can go into that oh, in a we little bit after, story. after we I answer that question, story. but <laughs> I was not, I was not, it, it wasn't like I had reps who were actively submitting me to right. be staff mm-hmm. or I, I didn't start as a writer's assistant and, you know, knew I was eventually going to work my way up to being staffed. I'd never been in a room before, got staffed with three days notice without any type of warning that I, I may you'd be considered for a television show. Mm-hmm. So I, I very much got thrown into the fire. And um, mm. I thought like, I'm going to have to be coming up with ideas and, and showing them that I'm smart and that I'm valuable and I have to talk. And if I don't say anything, if I don't have a pitch, then I'm failing and they're going to fire me, they're going to hate me. And th- that's not true. Like mm. um, most or everybody, everybody had to be a first time staff writer at some point. And especially if you didn't get the opportunity to be uh, a writer's assistant or anything, if it's your first time in a room, a lot of your first few weeks are just going to be listening and observing and seeing how to pitch from the more seasoned writers, um, seeing what type of pitches your showrunner really responds to. Um, And it's really okay if you don't speak. Like, Mm -hmm. as a first-time staff writer, my advice would be like, not to be quiet, like I'm not saying you shouldn't speak, but I'm saying like, don't, don't feel like you are doing a bad job if you don't speak every day. Like say yeah. something if you feel like you have something useful to contribute, but you yeah. don't have to just like make yourself known. It's not like in mm-hmm. college when you had to talk at least once to get participation points. There's no participation points. <laughs> like <laughs> you're good. You can just mm-hmm. observe and it's really okay. Mm. Mm, okay. Cool. All right, so get into the story. Yes, how we got the tinsel town. We gotta hear it. (laughs) So I uh, was submitting for a lot of script competitions and stuff last year because I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm working from home right now, and uh, I'm saving all this money because I can't go out, so I got some extra coin because (laughs) script competitions are not cheap. Oh no, Uh, another freaking barrier to people of color, people of other, um, you know, marginalized identities or underrepresented mm-hmm. identities get, getting into uh, Hollywood. But I was like, I got so much money. Let me start submitting my pilot. And I, I placed highly in several competitions. I won one. Uh, and was just like, way another rep's going to come. Like, they're all just going to come knocking at my door now that I have this win. They don't do that. That's not what happens. <laughs> like, mm. you do win. If you do win, like, you have to be the one that's, like, going to the reps or going to the execs and being like, I have this win now or mm-hmm. I have this high placement and they will be, they might be more likely to pay attention to you because someone mm-hmm. else vetted you, so they ain't got to do it. Um, and that sounds yeah. like they're being shitty, but it's like, they got to read real. a lot of scripts yeah. and a lot mm-hmm. of them are bad. And so, like, if somebody else is like, no, this one's not bad, they're going to be like, okay. <laughs> but I yeah. can take yeah. some time out of my very busy day to read it. So, mm-hmm. I think that competitions are valuable, but you know, didn't make anything change overnight. What did make things change, something change overnight was uh, I, something I did enter called Cover Fly Pitch Week, which I think is literally mm. happening like right now. I think mm-hmm. they do it twice a year. And it's free to enter, which is really great. Ooh, great. So, okay, come on, Cover Fly Pitch. Yeah, so people who are not uh, familiar with Cover Fly, they are a script hosting service. They also have a lot of like writer, development opportunities, whether those are webinar panels or things like Pitch Week, or um, they have a great blog. And 
pitch week. They, you can enter it. All you have to do is make yourself a Coverfly profile, which is free. It's not like the blacklist where you have to pay to host your script. So you can just do it mm-hmm. for free. And um, they choose 125 people. And they have a bunch of agents, managers, executives who will look at the list of 125 people and be like, I read the scripts, which is nice because like a lot of similar programs, Mm -hmm. they just assign you to somebody random or it's like the Hunger Games to try and choose the exec (laughs) that you think fits you. And then, you know, you might end up with like somebody's assistant from like my mom's backyard productions. (laughs) Oh no, not my mom's backyard. um, That actually sounds like a good name though, but go ahead. That actually does. (laughs) Uh, But like, you know, they have really, really legit people that are participating in Pitch Week and they choose who they want to meet with. So um, that's great. And they set you up like meetings that are like 20, 30 minutes. And I had four meetings and one of the meetings was with one of the executive producers of the show woke from you know the company that that one of the companies that does woke mm-hmm. and we had a really awesome meeting uh she was like i want to talk to you for longer than 20 minutes like let's hop on another zoom and, and keep chatting nice. and um she had mentioned just in passing not like suggesting anything to me like yeah we're actually having a really hard time finding the last staff writer for woke we're looking for mm-hmm. a clear black woman and it's like we're just like not finding one that's like fitting what our vision for the show is and i was like okay okay cool so she emails me like an hour later she's like actually like would you be interested in being staff like i can kick your pilot up to the showrunner if you're comfortable with that and i was like yeah sure okay like truly <laughs> did not think anything was going to happen because why would somebody who's like zero uh room experience no um representation no one to vouch for me other than this person like no why why would they staff me but you are award-winning i do want Mm -hmm. to that's true but like a lot of seasoned writers Mm -hmm. got passed Mm -hmm. over for this job Mm -hmm. so because they were like they were reading a ton of people and they were like no no no." i found out later from a lot of the uh reps that i met with that they were like we sent in a bunch of writers for that position and no one got it so like Mm because it was yours that's why period (laughs) oh come Um, on you're right i will receive that i will yeah um and and the checks that came with it but more of those so uh, I, like I was like, no, no, nothing's gonna happen. And the next day, she emails me and she says that the crew really, really loved my script and they want to meet with me. And she's like, it's gonna be quick though because they're they're moving really fast. And I was like, she didn't tell you what fast meant. <laughs> and so this was like Wednesday, and I get um, a call from another one of the producers, and he's like, yeah, so we need to meet with you tomorrow because the room starts on Monday. Oh. So, my lord I like, all right um so i um i'd already seen the first season of the show but i re-binged it really quickly so i could mm-hmm. prepare for my interview and um for people who like you know a little bit of tea about like what um a staffing interview is like i mean both mine were mostly just kind of like a conversation like people mm-hmm. just kind of want to see what your vibe is going to be like in the room but because yeah. this was a second season show they asked like what did you like about the first season? What, mm-hmm. did, did you, what would you change? What do you think could improve? Like, what are some stories that you'd really like to see in season two? That kind of stuff. Um, and yeah. uh, so, like, just be prepared to answer those kind of like come in yeah. with some pitches. Like, oh, it doesn't have to be like fully formed. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. it, 
beginning, middle, end, but like, I would like to see this character explore this part of their identity a little bit right. more. Yeah. You know, I would like to see this person have a love interest, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have my interview and then uh, about an hour later, they call me and they're like, okay, girl, get yourself a lawyer because we want to offer oh. you <laughs> the job and you're going to just go grab a lawyer off lawyer. the street. Okay. 1 800, oh, grab a lawyer. Come on. I called my uncle who was a retired <laughs> public defender. Come on, Uncle. Come on. And I was Go like, Uncle Tony, like, do you have a friend who could like look over this and for like free or cheap? And he's like, I got you, baby. And like, that that's, for me. Tony. Um, that's so I, great. I sent him great. like a bottle of expensive whiskey and I didn't have to give him commission. So that was great. That um, is great. <laughs> Amazing. Uh so that's how I so I literally had like mm. two days, like yeah two days notice i was working full-time at northwestern i was the assistant director of our sexual health and violence resource center which is wow. a job i really loved and i had to oh, be like, ah. wow. like actually i was working there and being staffed at the same time i like dropped down to part-time so it could like transition oh, out so i was working yeah. two jobs and wow. then my like it got <laughs> more crazy because of course i go back to cover fly and i'm like yo i got staffed and that mm-hmm. never happened in the history of pitch week. Like, you know, some people have gotten wrapped wow. or maybe like down the line, something got optioned or, or whatever, mm-hmm. but they, so mm-hmm. they were like, what? <laughs> 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 John, what, what? Yeah. Um, and they were like, are you, do you have reps? And I was like, no. And they were like, we're gonna get you reps. And there was like yes. another competition that I placed in and they got wind uh, with nice. roadmap writers. Mm-hmm. They got wind that I got staffed, and their whole thing is also getting people signed. And so they're like, "We're gonna get you reps." And then like other people that like uh, I had interacted with, like the exec that kicked up my script for woke, and other um, folks I knew in the industry started sending my materials out. And before oh. that, no, I could not get anyone to just sign me. No one was like wow. I maybe got, I had like one manager like read something and they were like maybe wow. down the line but like I went from zero interest to 19 offers and that's I had awesome that's so gazillion, dope. five gazillion interviews with people mm-hmm. uh like agents mm. and managers which was like I was the most stressful month of my life Ooh. um the way that my digestive system rebelled no, <laughs> I was stressed, no. I cannot, Oh, oh no, the bubble the way, guts. No. The way my IBS is set up. <laughs> that but it was worth it. Uh, Amen. So, so yes. I got yeah. I was staffed on woke. I'm now signed with Echo Lake Entertainment. My small Congrats. army of white people. They're lovely. <laughs> um, I have five managers. Uh, they're all great. Um, Amazing. I just won, child. Come on. I got a team. I got a team. And then, uh, and then I finished woke, woke was 12 weeks. And then I was like, I'm going to get a little break now. I was a lie. I immediately got stopped on Queens. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I am right now. Amazing. Well, thank you for so telling good. that story. That was that's a great story. story. And it's yes. such a, like everything was meant for you type of story. So mm-hmm. yes. Yes, that was that was great. So beautiful. I love hearing stuff like that. Oh, I got chills, girl. Okay. Got chills. Make yes. that a short film. A cool <laughs> I'll watch that. I'll be like, rewind. Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so piggybacking off of that, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but you know, mm-hmm. with the script contest and you know, the mm-hmm. festivals and all that stuff, and you talk about how expensive is a yeah, we know it's like it's super expensive, and you can spend all your money trying to get into these things, and people think if they win a contest, that's it. It's just going to be 
over and done from them. But do you have any other kind of like more realistic expectations for those people who are like spending all their money on these competitions and thinking like that's going to propel them um, the way that they want it to? I do have a lot of advice for those people (laughs) because um, I know a lot of folks, especially people who haven't placed or haven't won competitions, say that it's a scam or it's a money grab. Uh, It's not. It really can be beneficial, but it can't be the only thing that you are doing. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many different ways to break into the industry. Like you ask 10 different um, Hollywood writers and they'll tell you 10 different stories about how they got Mm it. So some people got in through producing their own work. Um, Some people got in through being an assistant. Some people got in through competition. Some people got in elsewhere. Um, And so you gotta be doing all the things at the same time, like and seeing, Mm -hmm. hopefully one of them will hit. Um, So I just, I get really sad when I see all these writers, like on Coverfly, if you go on people's profiles, you can see what accolades they have. So like all all of the places, placements that they have in competitions and stuff and sometimes mm-hmm. I see people who have like 30 40 accolades and I'm like and you're still yeah. not staff you haven't been optioned you haven't yeah. told anything like I it, it has to be that they're just submitting to competitions and expecting Hollywood to come knocking and not mm-hmm. really, you still gotta really do the legwork um as I mentioned it's it's just one more tool for networking um and like to show that like you have been vetted. Um, I also am like, so it's hard as far as quality over quantity, like quality, yes, is important. Like do your Mm -hmm. research on what competitions you're entering because there are some sketchy ones that like no one cares about. Like you tell someone like that you placed in my mom's backyard. Come on, my mom's backyard, who's coming back? no one cares but like if you have a placement in uh like um the nickel fellowship like that yeah. holds more weight so yeah um prioritize those don't just like don't submit to anything and everything go on their websites look at who has who won or placed highly in the past and like mm. what their success stories are what they're doing now i think also if you are going to be doing the contest route what is more useful than script competitions are the labs and the fellowships and honestly the pitch competitions i've won two mm, pitch yeah. competitions and from both of those competitions um i got way more uh connections than i did from any of the actual like script competitions that mm. i placed in because they actually get to interact with you and see mm-hmm. like that's yeah. equally and it's not more important than your writing skills is like do they want to work with you as a human being so like yeah. labs fellowships and pitch competitions give them the opportunity to be face to face or zoom to zoom or whatever with mm-hmm. the person. And they're like, Oh, I really like them. They have a really cool personality behind this dope writing skills. Like I'm rooting for them. Um, so the, that's some of my advice is like, <laughs> just don't, don't apply all willy nilly, be strategic yeah. about what uh, you're applying for and don't expect it just to change your life overnight. It could, but don't mm-hmm. expect yeah. it. Well, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's very realistic. Yeah. Yep. Sound and great advice. And, you know, we have to be like, we, we are working artists. Some of us are, you know, in different areas, not everybody's budget is big. You have to consider your own budget. And Mm -hmm. I think it's wise to be discerning about what you invest um, in your career for writing, because 
you know, it's real out here. <laughs> like it is. it is very real out here. Not to say that you don't do that, but like having that discernment and a strategy like you laid out is like really helpful. Cause a lot of people feel like I just have to apply everywhere. got to do it for the dream. And it's like, no, you can be strategic no. and plan and don't yeah. feel like you just yeah. got to throw all your money away just for the dream. Like, you know, we got to make sure yeah. we are good also. Um, it's also like a little bit of a luck aspect yeah. to these competitions yeah. because yeah. it, really depends on the reader that your script lands mm. in the hands of. Like yeah. there are some bad readers out there, mm-hmm. they're stupid. There are a lot of them are salty because like their own dreams of being a screenwriter are not fully <laughs> realized. So they go to good script and they're like, you know what, this is good and I'm pissed. So I'm gonna give it a low score. No. Um, sometimes they are racist. talk about um your feature your upcoming feature which your congratulations you're about to film soon um go to the body and you know you won the pitch uh with that story now that you're making it um my the one thing that stood out to me is the very fact that you in your profession before you got into full screenwriting you were a sex educator and you know a survivor advocate so i'm wondering you know, how that sort of influenced the the feature film. And also you did a lot of comedy. How, how What's your process like getting into the space of what this feels like from the trailer? We'll have that link in there for y'all, a drama. It feels really heavy, but yeah, all of that. <laughs> um, the, the the work that I did uh, in sexual violence uh, advocacy and, and prevention is completely the uh, inspiration for mm-hmm. the story behind Go to the Body, um, particularly the work that I had the privilege of doing with Black survivors. Um, even though I was working at Northwestern, um, sexual violence in the Black community, even when it's a small community, is still really prevalent and just like very specific. Um, and seeing even just the impact the positive impact that like the black survivors that would come in to, to see me had in like being able to speak to someone of their identity who looked like them who understood their experience um yeah. was like like i i can't even imagine um because i mean i i didn't get that opportunity like i also mm. am a survivor and when i was at northwestern um i had to work with white people and they were lovely white people who uh, like changed my life and are the reason i took the job <laughs> like after mm-hmm. i graduated but it's still mm-hmm. different you know it hits a different yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so i thought about the fact that like most of the representations of survivorship that we see on 
television and in film are of white survivors and of the experience mm. of, of, of that uh, type of violence through the lens of whiteness and through the criminal, what the criminal quote unquote justice system, which is not what most survivors, especially not most black survivors yeah. mean uh, to try to restore the harm or, or, or heal. So I was like, mm -hmm. let me, I, I wanted to write a story that felt more, uh, at least representative one type of experience of black survivorhood and, and focused on healing and also what we call secondary trauma. So um, the way that we describe it is that sexual violence is, doesn't happen in a vacuum, there's a ripple effect. So it's not just yeah. The, the person who experienced the direct act of violence who's impacted, mm -hmm. it's the entire community, it's their yeah. friends, their partners, their families. And so uh, a lot of the folks that I work with were actually like loved ones of survivors who would mm. come in and be like, I, I, I want to mm. be um, a better support system to yeah. the, the person who was harmed. How can I do that? But also they are navigating their own trauma because witnessing mm -hmm. a loved one go through that is, is traumatic itself. So uh, the story is told through the lens of, of a Black couple, uh, the survivor, Sanaa, and her partner, Kendrick, who is a boxer. Uh, and I also was really interested in, in that. Um, in the, her partner being a boxer because it's such a masculine profession mm -hmm. and oh, yes. you know, they're usually very like i got a lot of friends who are boxers and they're very protective especially of mm -hmm. their uh um romantic partners and they're mm -hmm. like to feel like what is it like to feel like you should have or could have been able to physically yeah. protect your partner mm -hmm. but you weren't mm -hmm. able to like what does that do for your masculinity for your blackness and um so just a lot of, like I said, a lot of the inspiration came from the work I did as an advocate, but also, you know, from my personal experience at, as a survivor and then kind of wrapped it all up in my like prison abolitionist um, politics and my experience going through a mm. restorative justice process for one of the uh, acts of sexual violence that I went through and also going through the po police and court mm. process were a different one and, and yeah. what were those two things like and how can I bring kind of how I felt to the this character Sanaa. Yes. Amazing. And that's why you sat down with Dr. Yeah. Davis. That's yes. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you. But as far as your yeah, question about the process for mm. drama goes, um, well, there is actually a lot of levity in the script, which does not come through as much in the trailer. So the trailer <laughs> is a proof of concept that we shot um, and we only <laughs> shot like four scenes from the feature. Um, and there is like, if you watch all four scenes of uh, the proof of concept, you, you see more of the of the sense of humor that it has. And that's actually yeah. a note that I get a, a lot, not a note, but feedback that I get mm -hmm. when they read the script. They're like, this is a lot funnier than I expected it to be. Because mm -hmm. I just don't know how to write straight drama. And I also don't think that that's yeah. how people live. Like they're not, yeah, yeah. especially mm -hmm. black people, like we yeah. find joy we always laughing. in <laughs> Truly. the, the Truly. hardest, darkest moments. Yeah. And um, I think, I, I know I'm someone who actually makes people feel awkward because I show, joke about, uh, yeah. the trauma that I've experienced and that's how yeah. people cope and that I brought that to Sanaa's character as well because people have an mm -hmm. idea like well if you really were sexually assaulted like this is how you're going to act you're going to be like crying on the floor of your shower you're not going to be able to move or operate in everyday life whereas like yeah everyone's reactions are different and yes. mm -hmm. um, I think mm -hmm. like, I've seen survivors like be really 
jovial in like a way that's like I know I know this is like coming from a place of trauma even though you don't realize it and it's like kind of yeah. it's it, as somebody on the outside is like to can be really disturbing and confusing yeah. to witness especially if like you were the partner of that person yes one thousand percent thank you so much for kind of talking to us about that it was yeah. It's super important, this story, and I'm glad that you're the one to tackle it. So thank you. Thank you. We are so excited to see that come to fruition. Okay. Um, so what has been your, I mean, so far in your career, I'm sure, you, um, I know you're going to have a lengthy career ahead okay. of you, but so far, what has been the favorite project for you to work on? Yours or with the studio being staffed? Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a great question. I, I I do think it's been go to the body, even though we haven't gotten to the like feature production yeah. part yeah, of it, yeah. but um, it was the first thing that I have produced that I wrote on my own. Like mm. I wrote it by myself, like the right swipe. I co-created and co-wrote with uh, somebody else. Obviously mm. in my writer's rooms, there's like many, many people involved with that. But uh, this was something that really came from my heart and was super personal. And I'm directing it. And I like the way that I've seen people react to the story, to the script, uh, the way that the actors um, really embody the characters and, and related to them. There hasn't been anything I've seen on any of the other things that I've written. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. I'm really excited to see like what the audience response is because um, yeah. I just like not I don't I'm not somebody who is like you know what my work is going to change the world it's going to end racism you know as soon as it drops sexual violence is going to be abolished <laughs> abolished yes but it is like <laughs> even a little even the the type of uh feedback I've gotten that's like I've never seen a black man that's been written this way before and I've, I've never seen someone reflect like the anxiety I had around reporting to police and, and that kind of yeah. thing is like those small um like pushes forward and representation are mm -hmm. uh really exciting to me and to be able to to do that um I think is what makes me like makes me say that that's my favorite project yeah. Mm, yes, yes. And I'm sure it's going to be absolutely amazing. For sure. The trailer is really did you, so if you're directing it, you did I think you did a great job just from the trailer. Like it looks yeah. really like the the shots look really really good. It's giving like I may destroy you meets Creed or like I was just like That's okay. Exactly what we okay. describe it as. <laughs> yeah, because of the like and and I think from what I hear it feels like a a parallel of like her fight with you know trying to get justice with how she was wronged and then her the fight in the ring that her boyfriend like that sort of overlap comes through really well in the trailer yeah so like, thank you thank yeah you. I'm so happy yeah 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 it's great work so with that like what i get like gosh I, there's two questions i want to ask that's why i'm yeah. like fumbling through sure but I know. Well, okay. So what's the best advice you've received so far um, in meeting people, working with people, or and how you've kind of maneuvered in making your projects, whatever it is, and writing? What's what's the best advice that you've received? Ooh, I've received so much. I've been very lucky that uh, I have such a large and supportive community. Um, and so that's a hard question to answer, but mm -hmm. 
I think, I think the best advice that I have received is to network across as Issa Rae said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people who think networking means finding the most powerful, successful person yeah. in the room or on Twitter or wherever the hell and mm-hmm. um, putting yourself in front of them and making a relationship with them and asking them for a job, which mm-hmm. like, yeah. no, that's, that's not really <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can shoot your shot if you want to, but chances are that's not gonna be what gets you to the next level of your career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be finding folks who are kind of at the same level as yeah. you, maybe like one step ahead, uh, who remember exactly what it feels like to be where you are um, and yeah. can give you uh, one, like you should make a genuine relationship with them. You shouldn't right. just be like, they can get me something one day. So I'm going to stay in proximity to them. It's yeah. gonna, like find people that you actually fuck with uh, and want to yeah. work with and, and, and want to talk to. And then, you know, when when you start moving ahead and there's opportunities that you can refer people for and, and vice versa, like that's that's when that kind of when you can um, take your career to the next level because it's like you want to bring your homies with you. Like, yep. um, and so my homies have brought me with them. I bring my homies, like I've gotten my homies representation. I've gotten my homies jobs and stuff. So yeah. um, you yeah. never you, you never know who is going to be the one to kind of break in. So uh, always keep keep the good people in your life who are in this industry close. Come on, rolling with the homies. That's what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to do it. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. <laughs> And you said you had you had a two part question, Judith. Oh, I was that, just, that was the the main one, but also what <laughs> like in the future, what what are your goals uh, for you know your career? It seems like there's a clear trajectory, but I mean, life like you just gave us like anything can happen. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally anything can happen. So I said I wanted to be a showrunner before, mm-hmm. and I think I still do. But after watching both my showrunners be very, very stressed <laughs> and not sleep, Ooh, that's I'm kind of like, do I want to be a showrunner? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I, like, I, I like, I like sleep. I like sleep. I do like sleep. Oh my God. Sometimes, you know, my one showrunner, he'd be texting me like, like 3 a.m. I'm like, sir. No. Like, go to Violation. Bed. Violation. Like, <laughs> but you don't expect a response. Right. He does not expect a response, but like, he, he's awake. Yeah. <laughs> he's awake. <wrong. laughs> um, so, um, that I don't know. I don't know. But um, so I at least want to be the creator of a mm-hmm. television show, mm-hmm. not yeah. also the showrunner. You know, I might like gird my loins a little bit by the time I get to the point. But yeah, I, I like want to have like my Issa Rae, Come on. Uh, Shonda mm. Rhimes type of TV empire where I'm mm-hmm. just making adult black content, like hit after hit after hit. <laughs> yes. Awesome. All right. Well, it's going to happen, girl. I'm Period. not really sure of it. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, it's yours. Manifest oh, it. Period. it. Do all the things. Mm-hmm. Okay. And sleep. You go to, you going to be a showrunner that sleeps, honey. You, I, we're not doing it. <laughs> we're not doing this. I'm not functional if I don't get at least five hours of sleep. So yes. that's yeah. like you are like I'm running at two percent if you <laughs> so like you just there will be no show if I don't yeah. <laughs>
Well, that's right. this shit. Okay. <laughs> if I did not sleep. Yeah, shut the whole shit down. We're going to sleep. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's taking a nap. <laughs> that is really Okay. Um, all right. So any projects that so we've already talked about go to the body, but are there any other projects that you want to plug for the people? Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about right swap, go to the body, but anything else besides that that you're just thinking of that you want to plug? Man, you know, obviously my two shows, uh, Hulu has not given Woke an air date yet, Mm -hmm. but I'm assuming will air sometime later this season. You can watch the first season, which Mm -hmm. I I did not write, Um, but I think will air sometime later this year. Don't know. Um, But the, the air date for the premiere of Queens is set, and that is October 17th. Let's go. Thursday is because it okay. airs after the Bachelorette. So let me not get this. Okay. Let me I'm see. Oh, after you. Michelle season of the Bachelorette. Yeah. Uh, Come on, not you. <laughs> First name basis. Tuesday. Tuesday. With the Bachelorette. I've got it all wrong. It's October nineteenth. <laughs> Tuesday, October nineteenth. Okay. After the Bachelorette. Nice. Yes. Uh, oh my god. So I know the music gonna be. I'm ready for the music because y'all can't. Chris Beats is producing the original music. I can't take this shit. I can't take it. Versus the Dark Queens. God damn. Yep. And I didn't know because I'm (gasps) stupid. I didn't know Nicole Naughton was one of the original members of 3LW. (gasps) So you can't can't care no more. Yes, I cannot. (laughs) The one that uh, Keely allegedly threw chicken at. Well, yeah. allegedly, and I'm sure she did. I'm sure she <laughs> exactly. Did. I was like, that sounds. <laughs> Let me not start no rumors, but I'm sure that girl did. Okay, <laughs> allegedly, it sounds correct. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying allegedly for the legal shit. Allegedly, um, come on. Shout out to your Woo! uncle for the lawyer. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, so you guys heard it. Yay! You heard her October 19th. Mm-hmm. Don't play no games. Go ahead and watch Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be yeah. on uh Hulu right after the day after. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes so sense. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. if you can't catch it, catch it on Hulu and don't play True. no games. I'm gonna, ha- okay? I'm gonna have to watch it on Hulu after I do not have regular live TV. So. Yeah. Oh, me too. Me, me no, either. me too. <laughs> That's why I said it. I was like, because mm-hmm. I'm speaking for myself. Okay. Not pay for cable. Okay. <laughs> check it out on Hulu. Yes. Uh, check out the second season of Woke, which we're also super excited for coming Way later this year. Check out for Go to the Body. We're going to have the link to that in the description. Yes. Check out Right Swipe. We're going to have the link to that and OTV in the description. We got all the teams. Okay. Come on. For y'all. So anything y'all want? To see from Kira Jones, you gonna see it. You ain't got no choice. We're gonna Period. make sure that y'all got all the uh all the tea and all the links mm-hmm. to see. Um, okay. So Juice, do you have any closing questions? No, I mean, just no, nah, I think I'm I look, I'm still on fucking Swiss beats. I can't even get it together over here. But no, I, I have nothing else to ask. Go ahead, Corey. Just go ahead. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I always ask this question as the last mm-hmm. question, just because I like to hear everyone's different answers. I think it's so beautiful. Yes. What kind of legacy do you want to leave with your mm-hmm. work? Ooh, man, that's a great question and a very beautiful question. Um. So I am 
really hoping that I can leave a legacy that allows Black women to feel sexually liberated, whatever that means mm. to them. Uh, whether that means like liberated to have a whole face or liberated to prioritize their pleasure or liberated to heal from sexual trauma. Um, That is like the focus of my personal work. Um, But as far as like the, the shows that I've been staffed on, I just kind of, I want black women to have fun like 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 you don't get a lot of black joy uh and I feel like woke and even though woke is centered on social justice it is Mm -hmm. still really fun and and joyful Mm -hmm. in a way that we don't get to see often uh, around stories that deal with social justice and uh police brutality and like Mm -hmm. queens is just you know the super like escapist soapy fun time so Mm -hmm. which is like kind of what we need after this year is just to watch some fabulous black women like live their best lives yeah i need that after this week i'm gonna need kids to come on drop out i need that after today okay Yes, what a beautiful legacy to leave yes. and you're already on your way to leaving that legacy. Yes. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much yes. for the work that you're putting in. Awesome. And yeah, just for the passion that you have for creating and who you're creating for and um yeah, just thank you. We appreciate yes. it and it does not go unseen. So thank you, sis. Yes. Okay. So yeah, that is our interview so amazing i feel so inspired what about you i know i'm like oh god it's inspired inspiration like honestly so great i mean y'all know at the end we do niggas you should know and the only nigga you need to know is kyra (laughs) jones period point blank like she's out here i mean just all the hulu shows that you need to watch quite frankly i mean he owns me (laughs) (laughs) you know what send the mickey mouse check Okay, send hey. it directly. <laughs> he do be cutting the checks. Okay. <laughs> and we want more of that. And yes. it's amazing that the work you're doing, first of all, the story of how you even got into the room, but the very fact that even if you weren't staffed, you were going to be well on your way because you were yeah. creating, you were doing the thing that you needed to do to get to the place that you are right now. So whatever direction it was, you were going to get there because you were putting in the work, you were putting in the time, you were doing all the things that you gave advice to do. You were networking across, mm-hmm. you were um, going to your core, what inspires you to write the thing that you write, all of those things. And so by I it doesn't matter which pathway child like when you get that show child I will have my sample ready I will you will be my boss I'm ready listen <laughs> like, I we will be here okay um and yeah your work is, it speaks for itself again guys we're gonna have all the links to all the things so you can check mm-hmm. it out thank you for sharing OTV what a great resource I never knew yes. about it until I was like dang okay so yes more res- resources particularly for black and brown writers, especially to break through. Like you said, it is so hard just to get someone to even notice you and talk to you and get into the thing. But you know what? You kept going. You gave that pitch, honey. And they were like, girl, uh, 
come on in and uh, just quit your job, whatever you was doing. Uh, come on. <laughs> like, you wasn't doing nothing important. So it's like, she over here helping people get through trauma. They were like, anyway, girl, uh, come on. They were like, oh my God. They were like, yeah, you are working right now? And I was like, yeah. They were like, can you not? And I'm like, I guess. <laughs> they were like, that's cute. Go ahead and go ahead and let that go. Come on. Yeah, dang. So, wow. yes. And before we leave, I just have, this is a silly question, but yes. your earrings, are those they're microphones or they're vibrators? They're vibrators. And they want they're to, they, they vibrate. Yeah. That is yeah. so amazing. They actually yeah. vibrate. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Look at that slit. Go, Cassie. So I was wearing them because I we never got a chance, a chance to talk about pilot, but my pilot is called Good Vibes Only, and it's set yes. in a sex shop. So yes, my vibrator earrings. Oh my god, that is amazing. And I'm going to edit this video so that you guys can see these beautiful earrings. Okay. Y'all will see it when I have the clips on Instagram. Because somebody got hey, somebody gotta see these earrings besides. Come on. Come on. Oh my gosh. Girl, just come through. Okay, just come through. And with that, we got to go. We got truly. Go. Truly, it will be a five-hour <laughs> podcast if we don't um go ahead and right. I'm happy to come <laughs> back. I'm happy to come back. <laughs> yes, we would love that. Okay. Yes. So you guys know where to find us, Tinseltown Tea on all the things. Yes. Um, like we said, make sure that you're checking out all the things that we put in the description. That's right. Box, whatever that shit's called. Um, and yeah, <laughs> please, please, please check out all the things that we plugged um with Kira. And also we plugged during the news and just support, support support and we hope we know that you guys got some value from this episode but mm-hmm. thank y'all for listening yes. thank you so much here for coming through we're gonna do this again but it was such a great time yes thank you for having me it was so fun uh and i can't wait to be invited back awesome <laughs> yes all right bye y'all till next time bye stay black keep writing <laughs> <laughs>